I'm Natalie Walton, and this is Imprint, a podcast about creating a home and life you love. Each week, I'm here to share with you some of the biggest lessons I've learned during my career and life. Some of them I wish I'd learned a lot sooner because they would have saved me a huge amount of time, stress, and even money. Many of these ideas could have accelerated my journey as a creative and business owner. I also feature interviews with inspiring creatives, entrepreneurs, and experts to help you focus on what's most important in your life. Today, I'm going to focus on one of the big lessons that I've learned. But first, I want to let you know about a free ebook that I've created. It's for anyone who wants to learn how to create a home you love and visual stories that connect and create impact. Seven Days, Your Guide to Styling Success is available for free to anyone who visits my website, nataliewalton.com. Just fill out the sign-up form and you'll get it delivered direct to your inbox. Styling really has changed my life and I hope that it can do the same for you. So if you'd like to create a career doing what you love or enhance the experience of your home and create beautiful interiors or both, go to my website where you can download this free ebook. I can't wait to share it with you. Okay, back to today's episode. Hello everyone, I hope you're all well. It's another beautiful day here in Byron Bay. I have got the builders working at the moment, but I'm going to just press ahead. So if you do hear any funny noises, then that's what that's all about. But um, they're, they're really getting towards the end of this project and it's been so fun to see it come to light. If you love renovation projects, then be sure to sign up to my email newsletter because I share the behind the scenes journey every week. So a few little updates as well as some little pics on Instagram as well. But I've learned so much from this project and it's been a lot of fun. I actually think they might be on a break because it's gone very quiet out there all of a sudden. I also wanted to flag that this is episode 20 and I'm really excited that I've reached 20 episodes. It's kind of quite hard to believe. I feel so much more confident recording these episodes. It's been such a huge learning curve for me doing this podcast. And even though I feel quite comfortable talking to other people, I feel comfortable talking in public, doing this particular format has definitely been a challenge. But as with everything, the more that we do it, the better we become, hopefully. And um, and you just start to become second nature to you. So thank you all for joining along on this journey with me. And I really appreciate all of your beautiful messages and your kind words and all of you who have subscribed. And there's been some beautiful comments as well. And I read all of those. So you can leave a review on iTunes. Um, I'm not sure if Spotify, you can leave reviews, but definitely you can on iTunes. And I really appreciate those. So it does help other people who are interested in these ideas and these topics, it helps them to to find the podcast. So please share it with others and subscribe, rate and review if you can. So today I wanted to discuss something that comes up a lot with students in my course, the Styling Masterclass. And I actually just received an email from a graduate about it. It's actually a really important question. So I wanted to deal with it today. And basically what she asked was how much should she charge for her services with her home staging business? First of all, I just want to explain to you what is home staging. 
Some people refer to it as property styling, but basically it is styling a home with the view that you're trying to sell in it. Sell it. Sell it. <laughs> so when selling a home, it's a way basically to make a home as appealing as possible to potential buyers. And to do this, you really need to consider the real estate market for that home, the neighborhood, and who are the people who might buy that home. And I think that this really taps into so many of the ideas that I talk about in this free ebook and also in my course is that whatever you're doing, you really need to think about what is your brief and what is your why? Why are you doing this? Because every time you style a space, it's going to be different to depending on what outcome you're trying to achieve. So certainly in terms of home staging, you're really thinking about who are the potential buyers of this place. And on a most basic level, you need to think, is it urban professionals, young families, empty nesters? Because whoever that is, it's really going to inform your styling choices. Actually, the, this reader was asking about, um, you know, how much of her own personal style should she put in these spaces versus um, going for like a hotel-like look. And, and what I basically said to her was that, like I said in a previous episode, I think it's episode 18, that your thread of what you like and the pieces that resonate with you, that can still be in the spaces, but you really need to focus on who are you styling this for and making it appealing to them. And obviously when you're doing home staging, it's very much about pairing back. So it's not about adding lots of layers, although some of those are important to make the people feel like they want to live there, but it's, it's often about decluttering as much as anything else. And an important consideration with home staging is that you really need to be conscious of the financial gain. Obviously, if you're doing this yourself, then you will be very focused on this, but be conscious of that for the clients as well. Because home staging is a way to maximize your return on investment of a property. And you really need to know, again, those potential buyers our homes are our greatest assets. For many of us, our homes are our biggest financial investment. Certainly within Australia, it costs a lot of money to buy a home. And most of us have mortgages, but it is a huge financial investment. And so if you're selling that, selling your home, you really want to maximize the return that you're going to get from that. What's involved then in home staging? I thought I'd just give you a little overview. A lot of it is about decluttering the space because you want to take away all the things that aren't necessary. You want to take away things that are excessively personal. You don't want to have lots of photos of children on the walls or family photos. So it's really about letting other people see themselves in the space. And you might also want to replace furniture. There might be some pieces that have just been hand-me-downs and they're just there for whatever reason but you can hire pieces to put in the space if it's going to elevate it. So that is something that often home stages do. You might also introduce plants, artwork, rugs, whatever it is to make the home as appealing as possible. You really want the potential buyers to be able to see themselves in this home. And as I said, so part of that is really stripping away the personal elements of the existing homeowners. You're really creating a canvas for other people to see themselves in that space. 
I thought it would be interesting to give you some statistics about home staging because obviously you want to feel confident that it's really going to help with the sale of a property. So some statistics say that if you engage in home staging services, it can increase the home sale price by about 10%. Now, if you're talking about the median house price in Australia, and I actually looked this up, it's $800,000 is the median house price within Australia. If you work out 10%, that means that's an extra $80,000 that can go into your pocket. Now, of course, you have to pay the fee to the home stager or property stylist and the cost of any furniture loans, but that's still a decent return on an initial investment of engaging somebody's services. And of course, you can style the home yourself, but you really need to be focused on the brief. It's less thinking about what you personally like and really focusing on what's going to appeal to the potential buyer. Setting a brief, as I mentioned, is so important for any creative project, including styling. And this is something, as I said, that I talk about in the free ebook that I mentioned at the top of this episode. So you might find that useful. I do kind of go through and sort of talk about what are some of the things you need to consider when you're creating a brief for yourself. Here are some more statistics. In the US, home staging can reduce a listing's time on the market by one third to half and can increase sales by 6 to 20% in comparison to homes that are empty or not home staged. So that's another factor as well. It's not just the increase in the price that you can get, but it's also the amount of time that the property is on the market. Now you think about the implications of that. If you are, for instance, doing this to your home, you might still be living in it, you might have already moved out of it, then you would think, the money that you're paying, perhaps still on your mortgage or whatever costs are incurred by not selling it, they are going to be reduced if you potentially engage the services of a home stager or you do an amazing job yourself. As with almost anything, you can go from simple home staging to more extensive work, including painting and landscaping. You know, it depends on how much budget you've got and how far you want to go down this track and what you're working with as well. Some places perhaps just need a good declutter and a good edit of the space. Other spaces might need to have a little bit more love. So then what are the costs involved? For the client, they need to consider the cost of renting any furniture, which is often a monthly fee. If your property doesn't sell for a long time, then this can of course be an ongoing cost. But back to the question of charging. How much should you charge for your services? First of all, I would like to think about the situation when you're starting out. So you might be testing the waters with a particular business idea. And this is certainly the case with the person that I received this um, email from. She was talking about this is an idea that her and her husband want to explore and they have got contacts in the real estate industry. They want to explore this idea. Certainly she did my course and she created great work and I think that she's more than capable of doing it. But trials are a good idea. Test this out with friends and family or even your own home and see if this is something that you enjoy. Creating a business can be a big expense and a huge investment, setting up a website, 
maybe creating an Instagram page, all the things that go with that. So you really want to know that you enjoy this type of work. In terms of how much you charge, I would also ask, how hungry are you for this? When you're starting out, certainly when I was starting out as a stylist, I would actually just be happy to do work for free to gain the experience and images for my portfolio. Now, I know that free doesn't pay the bills, and I'm certainly not suggesting that this is a long-term strategy, but you might want to do one or two, as I said, maybe even with family and friends, or if you've got some clients that you think it might be appropriate to do this for, then you can just say to them, look, you're my first client, or I'm just building up my business, and I would really love to do this for you. And I um, would love to get a testimonial if you're happy with my work. That is a great way to do it. And of course, just ensure that they're happy with you to use images for your portfolio. So that is certainly something to consider. And many stylists also start out as interns. So perhaps you could actually go and do this with somebody else who is already a home stager just to see how they work and get a sense of even how they charge and what is their workflow around the whole project. Certainly, if you want to practice, gain experience and try out different ideas, then again, family and friends can be a good way to go. Something that I'd also ask yourself when you're starting out and if you, this is if you're sort of really very much at the beginning of your journey, can you do a contra deal? So what that means is that you basically do a trade For your services, perhaps it might be for a product, it might be for somebody else's services, Um, it might be, for instance, uh, a photographer you know, maybe they want to sell their home and in in return for you doing your service, maybe they will do the photo shoot for free or whatever it works out. Often there's ways to kind of do contra deals. And this is certainly something that I've done in the past. Some clients haven't had a big budget, but they have offered to uh, trade their wares or their services. It's not a monetary transaction, but as I said, you might get product in return. It might be bed linen, it might be clothes, it might be, uh, you know, you might do a deal with a graphic designer to create your website. Can you offer something for them in return? Once you get a little bit more serious, there's what I would say is like the stage two of this, which is when you're setting up a business, You really need to educate yourself and do your market research on what other people are charging in the marketplace. The first, you know, port of call, of course, for many of us is Google. It really is a great resource in this sense. And it does give you an indication of what you can think about in terms of a ballpark figure. So this is what I did is I actually just did what does it cost to charge a um, home trade home staging service or how much does it cost to hire somebody? And you can do the question either way as well. You can say, what is the cost of it or how much should I charge? And you can sometimes compare the responses in that as well. I often try and find say three to five articles on this kind of topic, just to see what are the figures that people are talking about and maybe choose the middle ground. That is a way that you could go. So my Google search, this is what it came up with. For an initial consultation, it was $150 to $500. Now these are Australian dollars. And a basic staging service, $1,500. So these are the kind of figures that we're looking at within Australia. Another way is to look at competitors. 
and not all of them will charge pricing, but it's also good to see how they structure their consultations and services. I found one called bowerbirdinteriors.com.au and they've got a really great website and it's a really good example of how you can sell a service and I encourage you to look at it if you're an interior designer, if you want to do home staging or styling. It was a really great example. So they, on their um, consultation page, they break down the process. So they're really educating their client to understand the value of their service, which is that's the thing that's really important. You really want people to understand the value of it. So they break it down into five steps. Number one is the consultation. Number two is a proposal. Number three is the booking. Number four is the install. And number five is the removal. I thought that was really good to to spell out because I think lots of people think, oh, you know, it'd be great to get someone and do some home staging. And they think that they're just kind of going to do all this work. But I think a lot of people probably forget about the end result, which is once the home is sold, then there needs to be a process where all of this stuff is actually removed and the house is restored. So, and defining the parameters of that with people, are you just going to take the rental furniture out? Or are you going to reset the home as it was? Where are the boundaries and where is the the sort of the end of the scope of the work that you're going to do? And I would also look for both local and international examples of competitors, of price structures, and just to see what is out there. Another way that you can work out how to charge for your services is to contact local real estate agents who also can be future allies of you of yourself and your work. So real estate agents, they really want to get the highest sale price possible. So you want to find ones you can maybe work with in the future that they might have the same kind of client base. Obviously, you can create relationships with people who might recommend you. So within Sydney, for instance, because I have sort of bought and sold properties a few times within the Sydney marketplace, there are definitely real estate agents who position themselves more at the high end of the market. There are some who are more mass market. And then you do have a few that are just on a high street and they do hardly any advertising, but they um, they probably get like the low hanging fruit. So you want to think, who do you want to ideally be working with? And particularly if it's a group of real estate agents who have different branches, then that could be something good to do because then Obviously, if you get a recommendation from someone such as there's like in Sydney, there's Bell Property, there's Bresick Whitney, there's McGrath, I think they're still around and you might want to work with someone such as that, then obviously they've got different offices. So if you get a testimonial from one of those real estate agents or they might know people in other offices and they might recommend you and say, hey, they did a really great service. We actually got a huge increase on the expected sale price and they feel that in part it was related to how the the home was styled. These are really important factors to consider. Worst comes to the worst, you could also get friends or family to call for you of other people who are offering this service and find out what fees they're charging and how they structure. So that is of course another option that you could consider. Now the third stage is When you have more experience from the startup stage, then how do you price yourself? Again, it's important to do research. 
Where do you want to position yourself in the market? With home staging, this will affect the type of work you can create. If you've got premium clients, they're more likely to rent better quality and you know, higher end furniture. Whereas budget clients who are really focused on budget, then you might be really struggling with the type of budget they can give you to actually hire things or the budget that they have for you to buy plants or whatever it is. But you can ask actually hire plants as well. That's something to keep in mind. Do you want to be seen as the best and premium in your category? Or do you want to be seen as a budget option? And of course, you can position yourself somewhere in between those. But really think about where you want to position yourself. And that starts to determine it. I generally think that you're better off positioning yourself at the higher end, but really offering great value to people, exceptional service and an amazing result. Because you still have to do the same amount of work, whether you're working with somebody at the budget end or the high end, but you really want to make sure that you're delivering. Another question to ask is, what are you really charging? This is something really important to think about with whatever kind of creative business that you have, especially when you're doing consultations. Watch out for scope creep. That's the real cost of your time. Let me give you an example. You really need to think about the amount of time that it takes you to drive to the client and drive back any research and preparation you need to do beforehand and what work you need to do after the visit because you might charge $150 an hour and that might say sound like hey that's really great you know $150 an hour i'm happy with that but think about do you have to drive for 45 minutes either way to go and see the client that's already then an hour and a half on top of your other hour do you have to do some preparation do you have to you know brief yourself on the client or offer suggestions? Are you going to create a document for them after the consultation? Really be aware of that because you really need to factor that into your hourly rate. And be clear with the person, with your client, on what the consultation includes. This is something that is so important because it's very easy to just keep adding more work for yourself, but you're still only charging that initial fee. So think about that. You can go either way. You can charge either an hourly rate for all of your work, but then do you feel comfortable if you're charging them for calling up people to hire plants? Like think about, do you want to charge them an hourly rate for that? Or would you rather have an overall fee where it's say one and a half thousand dollars for the whole lot and you don't have to worry about how long it takes you to call however many companies to find plants or how long it takes you to search for the right chair for them. That's something it's really important to think about. And certainly whether you're doing interior design, whether you're doing styling, whether you're doing home staging, really think about the actual amount of time that goes into your work. And also if your client is really clear about what the boundaries are of your services, because it's very easy to do far too much work and undercharge. Something that I ask myself a lot is also, what's the opportunity cost? As you take on more work and more clients and other projects, there's always an opportunity cost for your time. So what I mean by this is you start to have to think, okay, I could charge $150 an hour. Maybe they just want an initial consultation. 
Now, for me, I know that within my business, I do do consultations, but I really am getting to the stage where I would rather sell a course and that's a better use of my time because I can scale that. But I really want to ensure that everybody can get the most out of that course and they've got all the tools that they need rather than telling, and this is what I'm noticing is that rather than telling the all these different people the same thing over and over again, I'm condensing that information and delivering it to them in the best way possible. So for me, most cases, I'm actually better off selling a course rather than taking on a new client or rather than doing even commercial styling work. That's something as you get further down on your career, you really need to think about what is actually more worth my time doing. Of course, there are always exceptions. So, and this happens with me as well. Some of the exceptions might be when you really want this particular type of work in your portfolio. So you might even do it for free. I mean, even me at my stage in my career, there are some things that if an amazing opportunity came along, I wouldn't necessarily be doing it for the money. It might be more because I just really want to do that work. I want the challenge or I want the opportunity or I want to have that in my portfolio. Certainly when I did my, um, I went to Los Angeles and I styled Kelly Wurstler's home and I did a feature for Harper's Bazaar. I actually got paid hardly any money, you know, in, in relative terms by the time I'd paid for my airfare and all of those kind of things. I actually did a whole bunch of shoots and I did a workshop as well, but I probably came out even. For me, what was far greater was the opportunity to do that. So sometimes that can happen. You also need to think about it might be worth your while if it's a really great marketing exercise. Is this client going to share your work on their social media feeds? This is particularly true if you're working with maybe product-based clients and they um, have a strong following on Instagram, for instance. It could really be worth your while if you do that. Or even just some clients who have got a strong Instagram following and you might even approach them and say, hey, um, I see that you're about to, you know, you, they might've posted that they're about to sell a home. I'd love to do this for you. And you might do it for free just to get the exposure, or you might just want to style this space, or you might want to style their products just for the opportunity so that you can get tagged, they can share it with you. It's also a really great way to get testimonials. So there might be times when that is more important for your business than necessarily the fee that's involved. Marketing is all about what they call the like, know, and trust you factor. So testimonials are really important so that people can really have that sense of trust about that you're, you can deliver on your service. So just to recap some key points to consider, how hungry are you for this? Do you really want to build up your portfolio at this stage? Because you might start on a lower price point. Where do you want to position yourself in the market? It's really important to think about that. What's the opportunity cost of your time? And also price in all of your time, all of the time, the driving, the preparation, any paperwork, any beautiful PDFs that you might create for them. Make sure that you're actually pricing that time into your consultation. All right, everyone, I hope this helps you if you're trying to work out what to charge for your services. And before you go, just a reminder that I took some of these ideas from my free ebook, which is 
available at my website when you sign up. Thank you so much for joining me today and I hope you all have a beautiful week. You'll find show notes for this episode at nataliewalton.com forward slash podcast forward slash 20. I'd love to know what you think and any questions that you might have. So please send me a message, a DM at Natalie Walton on Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe and spread the love on Instagram too. Thank you to Jaeger Media for producing this podcast and the people of the Bunchalong Nation where it was recorded. Thank you once again for joining me today and I look forward to connecting again soon. I'm Natalie Walton and you've been listening to Imprint.